mom friends welcome to the four moms podcast where we talk about all things mommyhood faith and business i am your host allison nick and today we are talking to the beautiful miss tiffany ellis who is the co-founder of i am my daughter's keeper her nonprofit, which talks about the importance of mother-daughter relationships on this episode she also talks about leaving her six-figure job and starting entrepreneurship and how that journey developed her into a better wife and mother but she also talk, talks about her toolbox and how a lot of times we think that we only have to have one tool or we have to be great in this one thing but how God has given us so many more talents and strengths and tools that we actually have to cultivate our purpose. So I'm super excited to have her on the podcast today. Let's go ahead and get into the interview. And don't forget to subscribe and to leave a comment on any platform that you are using to listen to this podcast. We are all about spreading the word, about spreading the knowledge, and about growing. Here at Mommy's Making Moves, we want to help moms gain whatever knowledge we can give them to find your release. And we can only do that if you subscribe and if you leave a review so we can keep growing our community. Thanks so much. Okay, hello you guys. So today we have the beautiful Miss Tiffany Ellis. <laughs> Tiffany Ellis is a mommy of two, a wife and a sister of so many. She's originally from the Miami, Florida, <laughs> and is the co-founder of I Am My Daughter's Keeper, a nonprofit focused on strengthening and transforming mother-daughter relationships nationwide. Tiffany is compassionate, sorry, passionate about mentoring, leadership, and development and lives her life as a creative, trusting God's direction. So guys, let's welcome in Miss Tiffany Ellis. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So I okay. met Tiffany. Well, we met online. We did. We met over yeah. Instagram. And it was yeah. so funny whenever she reached out to me and I I haven't told you this, but I was like totally fangirling whenever you reached out to what? me. I was <laughs> I was because I have I have I started following um, I am my daughter's keeper um, on Instagram is I am the keeper. I started following them and I saw they had shirts and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a brand. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Like I want to have shirts. I want to do all this kind of stuff. And she reached out. She was like, oh, you're in Dallas. I'm in Dallas too. And I was mm-hmm. like, hi. <laughs> appreciate that. So yes, I'm so excited to have her on here. She is um, such a beautiful spirit and I want to definitely want to bring her on, of course, as a mom, as a entrepreneur, just really doing the things. And if y'all hear Bishop, this is Bishop barking in the background. He's just giving in his input. (laughs) So Bishop is just uh, cheering on his mommy. (laughs) So let's get started. So what did you want to be whenever you were younger? Um, What I want to be. So, you know, it's funny because I would say that probably when I was in elementary school, I think I used to tell people I wanted to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. because um, I had a way with words. I could argue myself out of anything, really. (laughs) Um, My friend always tells me a story. I don't recall the story, but she said um, one day we were on the school bus talking and I told her that my father had given me an ultimatum and I just wasn't going to go for it. And she said, I was like, what is an ultimatum? So she said, <laughs> in third grade, I'm looking at like, what is she talking about? And so, you know, that was me. Um, but I don't know. I think I'll, I feel like I said that because it was, you know, you learn the things that get the right responses from adults. Right. So True. you say, I want to be a lawyer, a doctor. Like, oh, OK. Yes. Yes. I exactly. 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 I wanted to be happy. And I think um, I remember writing in my um, eighth grade memory book 
that I wanted to be happy when I grew up. And I don't know I like why that. I wrote that, but I just stuck with it. And whatever brought me happiness is what I was going to pursue when I got older. So, I like that. Thank you. I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> thank you. She said, what does that mean? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But yes, yeah, okay, that's awesome. What's the next one? Okay, so you've been in Texas for a year. So as y'all heard, she's from Miami. Yes. But you came to Texas from Atlanta. Atlanta yes. Atlanta. And now you are here in Texas. I am. Um, we can call you a Texan because we claim people really yeah, quickly yeah. here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, nah, I got that Miami in me. <laughs> That's it for sure. So just let us know how you got here. Um, my husband. All of my moves have been uh, thanks to him. So even the move to Atlanta Um, My husband's job relocated him there Mm -hmm. and we moved to Atlanta. And then um, I believe it was God's timing and God's will for us to be here because my husband had been with CSX for, I don't know, 11 years or something like that. And he decided it was time for him to look for another job. And so he actually applied for a job in Atlanta. Um, And then after he uh, received an offer, the recruiter reached out to him and was like, hey, would you be open to moving to Dallas? And that wasn't even in our plans. On that, yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about it. I was in a job that I loved. I was thriving professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like my life was just perfect. And um, we talked about it and they made him an offer that really we would have been crazy to say no to the offer. So he said, yeah. And he actually came out, I think, six months before I came here. And we lived apart for a while. And then I was like, I got to get my man. So come on now. We need that time. We need that time. So I ended up following him out here in Dallas. Oh, yeah. good. And it's so, we're just so happy that you came. <laughs> See, this would never happened. <laughs> okay, so what changed? So you said that you were working before. So mm-hmm. what changed in your... So you're working in corporate. I was. And, okay, well, they don't know. I, I'm asking these questions as if I know. <laughs> they don't know the story. Okay, so you're working in corporate. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your corporate job. So I was in the insurance industry for yes. 13 years. And so Ooh. anybody who knows me, there are a ton of folks who... Um, I'm friends with on social media who I used to work with Mm -hmm. in some capacity. And anyone who knew me can tell you I lived and breathed insurance. Like my my goal was to have a corner office and everything that I did was to set myself up to um, move up the ladder and to really, you know, move through the ranks to become a high ranking official in an insurance company. And so that's where I was. I was very focused on my career. Um, Loved insurance for a lot of different reasons. and yeah, so I started as a generalist. I, I did pretty much every position you could think of. And by the time I left the industry, I was actually a national training manager for an insurance company. And I was one of the, well, the only uh, training manager for claims in all of the company. And we had offices in three different states. So I was very proud of wow. having accomplished that, but I just yeah. was not fulfilled. Yeah. So what led you to leaving corporate? As you were saying, you were not fulfilled. So what led you to that final decision? Well, so um, here's the thing. I've, I've worked for two, three, maybe four different insurance companies throughout okay. my career. Okay. Um, some have been really awesome companies and some have been really bad. And I, I like to tell people all the time that I look at my professional relationships just like I look at my friendships or romantic relationships. They're mm-hmm. all relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some are really great and some are not so great. Some relationships yeah. can be abusive, some can't. And I think in this case, it, you know, I came from a really great relationship where things were not perfect, but... There was synergy. My prior job before I moved here, it was just, it was right. I was, I, they saw me. I yeah. saw them. Yeah. We, we worked well together. Yeah. Um, I moved here and Dallas was a little different for me. So yeah, yeah it can be, especially from Atlanta. <laughs> Without getting into the weeds, you know, yeah. I just feel like it, I was, I was struggling to find my place. And I think the biggest thing for me was, um, 
in the environment that I was in, I wasn't, it was like my, my, my plant was sort of, if you could think of a plant in a pot. Okay. And think of the roots just kind of busting out the bottom. And it's like, I need to be replanted somewhere else. Like, I need to be able to grow. Ooh. And I was asking for more responsibility. I was I was begging them to give me more. I can handle more. I can take more. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of begging. It was like, yeah. I want to help make your organization better. You have these problems. I'm not saying I am the answer, but I have some answers yeah. to listen. Yeah, I can help you get to that right. point. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like hitting my head on the wall. And I was coming home frustrated. And I was getting depressed. And I was getting tired. And I was like, look, I know that there is a mogul in me. Like, I know yeah. it's there. Yes. Um, God's been pruning and developing me all these years. He's given me all this talent. So, like, if they're not going to let me be my best version of myself, if they're not going to let me inspire and influence and change the world or change their company, mm-hmm. then I got to go and I got to live up my purpose so that yeah. I can feel fulfilled and I can really do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, that was it. I understand that because you and I have had conversations about even just, well, it's very, very similar why we left our jobs. Because yeah. it was just like, yo, I, I can do more. Yeah. I'm, I'm very capable. And for my job, it was just like, oh, but you got to get certified first. What is going to happen once <laughs> I get this piece of paper? Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing is going to, like, nothing yeah. different about me is going to change once I get this piece of paper. So I understand. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like it gives them the chance to stall. So I'm not knocking companies, yeah. right? Yeah. But I feel like, so they're like the boyfriend who doesn't really want to commit. It's like, yes. we're dating and things are good. Like, why change it? That's yes. kind of how it it's, is. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, what you're talking about? I'm like, but no, I'm wifey material. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not see who's standing in front of you? You see who I am. Right. So that, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. All right. So how did you and your co-founder, Summer... Um, well, how did y'all meet? And then where did y'all get to the point of starting? I am my daughter's keeper. So this story is funny. I'm not going to get all into the story. Okay. Summer, okay. Summer's not here to defend herself. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, Summer and I have always had a lot of mutual friends because we okay. kind of rolled in the same circle. Yeah. And so, um, we knew of each other mm-hmm. in passing throughout the years. Um, there was a period of time where we weren't really, so sweet on each other. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to tell that story, but yes, I'll yes, say yes. that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when she moved to Atlanta back in, I think she moved to Atlanta shortly after I moved there, or either she was there before. I'm not really sure, but we ended up connecting. Um, I think I reached out to her like, hey, how are you? You know, mm-hmm. I see you're up here. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I'd love to meet up. So we agreed to meet, had lunch or dinner, I think it was. And um, we just started forming a friendship. And Mm -hmm. so around this time, my daughter was around 13 years old. And I'm a believer in like community and village, right? So I think that what I didn't have growing up, I had aunties. And I'm grateful for that because aunts are like moms who don't tell your secrets and don't don't punish you. Yeah, don't don't tell all your business. (laughs) Right. But my daughter didn't have that. And so I was big on... I wanted her to be around people who could give her sound advice when she didn't feel comfortable talking to me. Okay. And so I was always very intentional about having friends who were cool that she could connect with yeah. or like uh, older people around her that could give her good advice. So saying that to say, um, Summer and my daughter formed a relationship okay. and it was beautiful. And my daughter would always want to go over to her house and Summer had two younger daughters. Okay. So my daughter would feel like a big sister but and yes. it was like a, a cool thing. Um, and there were times when my daughter would talk to her about stuff and I liked it. And she was there through a very difficult transition in my life. Um, I'll say during that time, my daughter and I went through a very traumatic experience mm-hmm. where um, I spanked her. And long story short, um, I ended up getting charged with two felony charges. Woo. Yeah. In Gwinnett County. So that's that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> two felony charges and... Um, 
you know, my daughter was moved from my home and my daughter and I didn't speak for a year or so. And I was going back and forth to court and it was this whole thing. And Summer was there. And I remember there were highs and lows. There were days where I was like, if I never see her again, I'm okay. And, and why is my child not here? You know, it was just, I was going through it. Yeah. And so we made it through that, that point. I think for me, it was a matter of my daughter was a teenager and teenagers can be mean sometimes. Yeah. But it's Rebellious. not always Yeah, but it's not always on them, right? So sometimes they're mean, but sometimes we're mean too. Yeah. And I just the relationship crumbles. It happens. Um, talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my daughter and I worked very hard. We ended up going to therapy. Um, and it was years of recovery, restoring, rebuilding that kind of helped us to work through this point. And I always told myself, you know, it doesn't matter what happened with my daughter. Um, I have to forgive her. I have to love her because one, God forgives and loves me no matter what I do. And I've done yeah. some stuff. And we have done some things. We have Shia. all done some stuff that's like, yeah. you don't deserve it. Yeah. And then the other part of it was like, I, as a mother and as a person, I have this ability to love and nurture and forgive and, and develop a thing in people. And I wanted to be there for my daughter and do that because I knew that no one else in her life was going to be able to do that for her. And so if I allowed our relationship to be separate, she wasn't ever going to get that. And that was going to usher her into her purpose as well. Mm -hmm. So I was very like focused on, we got to fix this. Yeah. So we fixed it. And then time goes on. Summer gets older. Her daughters get older. Now, guess what? Some are starting to see some of the same things with her daughters that I saw with mine. And so now the roles are reversed. And so we're like... This is nuts. Like, yeah. these kids are totally different, and yet we're having the same problems. Yeah. And we talked to other mommies who, you know, we know women who have daughters, mm-hmm. and they were all saying the same thing. So we're like, wow. this isn't just a me and you kind of thing. This is a yeah. mother-daughter kind of thing. And yeah. once we did the research, we found across all nationalities, across all ages, all, it, it is a common thing for mothers and daughters to have contentious or difficult relationships. Yeah. So that is why we started this organization, to help people understand it's not just you yeah it's not impossible it does get better yeah yeah and that's true and I can even say for myself <laughs> growing up <laughs> like me and my mom we around that teenage years you know and I wasn't I don't feel like I was a bad kid but I was one of those kids like if you gave me an inch I took a mile <laughs> so like you let me get away with one, one thing I was like mm, I can go a little bit further yeah. like kind of keep stretching that yeah. and it's just funny because as I got older, I just realized that my mom and I are very alike in the personality department. That's it. So, therefore, we butted heads. And it's funny because, like, as we get older now, my mom and I obviously have a different relationship, but we're able to talk to each other better. Mm-hmm. And she, and it's just funny because, like, my, my husband's always like, you just always be, like, dancing at random place and doing things. <laughs> and I see my mom do that sometimes. Yeah. Like, my mom, like, she did, she did karaoke one night. I'm like, yeah. she did karaoke. Yeah. Like, the mom... Mom at 16 was like, you know, the discipline strict mom. And it's like the mom I know now in my 20s. It's like, she did what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, it gets oh, better. It gets yeah. better. It gets better. And you, and you see a different side of your parents as you get older. Yeah. Because they have to be, you know, like you were saying, you're trying to lead them down this road and try to develop them. So you, have, you can't be the friend. Well, so, so and, I, and we talk about that. So at our, at our brunch, we talk about the whole... I'm your mom, not your friend thing. We mm-hmm. talk about that. And, you know, I used to think that. And I think because I grew up hearing that from my mom and my grandma, they would yeah. always tell me, I'm not one of your little friends. Don't play with me. Okay. But um, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I needed a friend. I needed yeah. my mom to be my friend. And I'm yeah. not saying that you had to not hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Although I do expect my friends to hold me accountable. So, yeah. like, 
I'm starting to move away from that. And I, I, people will tell you, my daughter will tell you, if you ask her, she'll say, my mom is my best friend. And vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Because I think that there is a, a, a part of being a mom is being multifaceted. So it's being yep. a friend, it's being a nurturer, it's being a disciplinarian, it's being all things to your kids. Yeah. And you just have to do it. So, yeah. 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 I, I definitely understand <laughs> that. Because sometimes I, I, so my brother and I are 19 years apart. Yeah. Oh, wow. 19. Yes. 19. What made I want to start? <laughs> <laughs> She was in the I know, I know. So uh, obviously he's older, and um, so my so growing up, we we essentially both grew up being only children. Okay, and so it's funny, kind of funny, because he has a relationship with my mom. I have a relationship with my mom. And we're both like so spoiled. Mm-hmm. He called my mom the other day. He was like, "You didn't call me today, but you called her." It's like, boy, <laughs> get over yourself. Bro. Yes, yeah. but but even sometimes, like growing up, yeah. being an only kid, I spoke to my parents a lot. Like those were like my friends in the sense of sometimes it was like, "Well, I got no sister around right here to talk yeah. to." Like, I guess yeah. I gotta talk to you people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you said something that was so important. You said. My my mom, um, you said, I'm just like my mom. That's when we butt heads, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the thing that a lot of parents forget. It's like, I, I always tell my son, because I have a 12-year-old son too, and whenever he likes to cut up, I'll bring him next to me. His head comes by my shoulder soon. I'll be, I think he's going to be over, over me in, a, in another Probably. summer or two. Probably. But I always take his hand and I put his hand on my stomach. And I say, can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. What, mom? I say, you see this? Yeah. Well, you came from here, right? Yeah. That means you use my blood, you use my food. I say, you use everything. I say, you even took my breast from me. We're going to talk about that later. Child, <laughs> child, because the way, the way Jim and Joseph Because the way they used to be. Oh, no. Lord. My heart. But, but I tell them that because I say, you can't possibly think that I don't know every entity of your being. Now, granted, you're going to have some elements of you I don't recognize because the other half of you came from your father. Mm-hmm. But I recognize a good part of you. Yes. So when I'm telling you things... When you, when you grow up and you say, if I knew then what I know now, well, if you listen to your parents, you might know yeah. because they've been there because they are part of who yeah. you are. You exactly. Know? So that's the point is to start getting people to talk, to understand that your parents aren't just here keep... to ruin your life. They're here yes. to give you the guidance that they wish they had when they, they were, were your younger. age. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's no, it. I definitely because even with Joseph, child, that boy's so stubborn. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, he got a double dosing because Jay and I are stubborn. We are stubborn. You be like, just don't touch that. And he's like looking at you as his hands. Like, I can see your hand yeah. moving. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely understand he's that. He's determined, not stubborn. Determined. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes ma'am. I do. I do try to get that because I'm trying to, like, not that, like, you're being bad, but you're making bad decisions. That's right. Like, that thing. That it's wasn't just my like, choice. Yeah. Joseph. It's like, just get it together. That's get it, it together. Yeah. And he's two. Um, <laughs> so, how has mommyhood strengthened you as a mommypreneur? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know, Allison. You know, so I read the question. I was like, I don't know. That's the question. I would say that mommyhood. I don't know if mommyhood necessarily. Well, okay, I take that back. I will say that mommyhood from the other way. So from my mom watching my mother okay. be a mom to me and my four brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that You're the only girl. I'm the only girl on my mom's side. <laughs> and I'm the oldest. So yeah. I was like, I was destined to be a leader, okay? Because okay. I had a corral of children. And a corral of boys. <laughs> but them boys or something. Yes. But um, I think watching her be a mom it kind of, she was a single mom, obviously. And then she, uh, not obviously, but you know, she was a single mom. And then when she did get married, she was still kind of like, I run the show. So watching her strength and determination and perseverance, I never saw my mom complain and putting that in perspective, you know, my mom died at 41 and Mm -hmm. she had 
um, five kids at the time. So I always tell myself, like, when I turned 32, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my mom had five kids at 32. I got two and I could barely make it. You know, like, yeah. it's yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. it, like, you think it's so old when you're little. But yes. then when you get older, you're like, she wasn't that old It at was all. not, yeah. Right? It was not. So, um, yeah, I think it's just watching her. And kind of seeing how she never complained, how she got up and made it happen, how she took her responsibilities head on like that. To me, it was like, if I'm going to be a mom, that's what it has to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there are dangers with that. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. where I'm glad that I was introduced to therapy and self-care. And that that's, you know, but I mean, that kind of that was the first introduction to me to strength as a parent. I think taking what I'm learning now, it's like the biggest thing was when I left my job, I realized that everything that I had built at the job, I left it there. It's there. Yeah, you couldn't take it with I you. can't take it with me. Yes. And so I'm not going to be able to take my own businesses with me either when I'm gone from the earth, yeah. but I'll have something I can give to my children. And so yes. I think that gives me the stamina to like keep pushing because I want my husband, if I'm going to sacrifice and be away from my home at any given time, um, and I'm taking time from them to do something. I want it to be magical and meaningful so that mm-hmm. when I'm gone, they can keep these things and they know that she worked hard to build this for us. Now I want to balance that time, yeah. but I want to make sure I have something to give to them. And so that gives me the endurance and the stamina and the, the, the resistance to fight through things that I might encounter as um, an entrepreneur. I like that. Thank I like you. what you were saying about that. The, the strength and the determination yeah. to leave a legacy behind. Because that's always important. I, that's something that I, when it, starting the businesses that I have started, I always want to, like you were saying, build it to a point that whenever I die, the business does not die with that's me. Right. It's something that I can actually hand off to someone. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you'd like to be your kids mm-hmm. to continue and to go down that road. Um, to keep making, you know, money and success for your future generations to come. That's it. So, and yeah. you want my son. So like, you know, my son is the creative kind. Like I, you know, I was sitting here, I was teaching myself Adobe, um, Photoshop and I was Ooh, sitting man. here for like 30 minutes trying to do this one little cutout. And I always, <laughs> I tell my son, come sit next to me, watch me do this. And we'll watch the YouTube videos together and do it. And then like, I'll try 30 minutes and I'll say, you try it. And he'll go, Boop, two minutes is done. So what that taught me was he has the capacity to learn so much and so quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to one, do a lot of different things. Cause I know my son is not going to want to inherit. I am my daughter's keeper. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe, maybe like yeah, on the different... real estate or trucking or whatever yeah. it is. Cause we have a few different things that my husband and I are, are starting right mm-hmm. now. So I'm like one, you know, make sure that you teach your kids how to run their own business. Right. Yeah. And then you want to make sure you're doing whatever God's put in you. Just, just kind of spread it out. Mm-hmm. Because it's all going to make sense when the big picture comes together. You exactly. don't understand it, but it does. Yeah. 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 And I think that's something important because even I went and I spoke to an elementary school today. And one of the things I spoke to them about was take advantage of your opportunities. Don't mm-hmm. try to stay in your box. Because yep. for me, for the past 10 plus years, I did strictly animals. I volunteered. I worked. Everything I did, my education was strictly animals. And I wish I would have expanded that to maybe even like minoring in business, maybe doing like, because I was so afraid to go study abroad, maybe like studying abroad for a class Mm -hmm. or doing something like that, that would have opened me up to different opportunities. Because now um, being full time, I kind of feel like I ain't got no other tools except for like, I can set an IV catheter. But that's so (laughs) again, it's like... (laughs) 
but no. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. So shameless plug, first of all, Allison had this amazing event. Um, it was a mommy <laughs> release party, shameless yes. plug. Um, and if you missed the, the last one, please make sure you make the next one, right? Yes. But you did a few different things that I thought were just remarkable, right? So you made a recap video. Mm-hmm. Um, you made that, right? I did. Okay, so that's a skill. Mm-hmm. Then you gave us this workbook for us to use. Yes. You made that, right? I did. Okay, so you see where I'm going with this? Yes. So I think, so that's, that's, that's the thing about the world. The world will tell you, pick one thing and do that one thing very well. Yeah. That is not what, did God only give you one skill though? Like, yeah, no. He didn't. No, no, no. And so no. The, the reason why people struggle is because it's like, you're trying to listen to the world. The world's telling you, you're supposed to do one thing, but God gave you all these tools. And so I don't, I don't see that as making sense that he would give you a toolbox full of, full of tools and he only wants you to use one of them. That's true. I, I, I like that analogy because you can't have a toolbox of just like a whole bunch of hammers. Right. What you is that going to do? You can't do, yeah, you can't do your full <laughs> job. Like we can nail something, but that's it. Like, <laughs> right. So, so think about that. So every little thing you do, like when I, when I first started this entrepreneur thing, I was dead set on because I've been conditioned. I've been working corporate forever. Yeah. Um, before insurance, I was in retail management. And so I was focused on. I got to do this one thing really well. Yeah. But it was like I was bursting out of myself because I had I could do makeup really well. Mm-hmm. And I can draw really She really, really can. Well. Let me tell you, she can beat the face. Like, look at this Miami. This Miami. She can beat the face. Like, seriously, I can draw. I can do makeup. I can, you know, I can do all kinds of things. And so why am I like... People consider you scattered when you're trying to like figure out, but no, if God's giving you all these gifts, you never know how using one gift will unlock the door for your other gift. Because even if True. you have a long-term goal... Me doing, I went to a nonprofit class for I Am My Daughter's Keeper mm-hmm. to learn how to write grants. Mm-hmm. I met a driver. I, I ended up getting who I think is going to be my driver for my trucking company from the person who was over the, the grant writing class. Oh. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, if I was just only focused on doing one thing and not worrying about yeah. it, I wouldn't be opening myself up to these different opportunities and experiences. So yeah. just, just charting your own path. Don't listen to people. You've yeah, got tons of true. skills. Use but that's them. true. I know. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you see why she's so beautiful? Yeah. She just gives you a whole tie, a whole Thank word you. of encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> So, okay, so leaving your corporate job, how has leaving changed your outlook as a mom and as a wife? Oh, <laughs> this is a painful question, y'all. So, yeah, in real life, it made me realize I was, a, I won't say I was a sucky mom or wife because I, I didn't suck. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I will say that I could have been doing a better job. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, for me, I was so, because I told you I was so focused on this corner office that I was, I was just going to have that yeah. corner office, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like, I'm working. I'm working hard. I'm working long. I'm, I'm putting everything into this job because this is going to this is gonna manifest into something much bigger than you and I. I'm going to have this corner office. And that was my mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my husband and I, we started dating and I used to cook for him all the time. And we were very, you know, you know, connected. I don't mm-hmm. want to use the other word in case we have. <laughs> but we were, very, we were very involved with one another. Um, my children, I just feel like, they were more of a priority. And then as I started to grow my career, I, I, I listened to people telling me, oh, it's okay. You know, he's a man. He could do this and it's okay for you to be gone. And I'm not saying it's not. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is that I was very absent and yeah. I wasn't cooking. I could tell you it's probably, it was a good nine, 10 month stretch. I didn't cook anything for my family. 
Okay, mm, that's yeah. that's tough. I will take them out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna I'll put, put some in your belly. Still but I'm not gonna, belly. you know, I, I I had somebody clean in my home. I wasn't gonna clean. I had my my children's. My son still does his own laundry, so that's not gonna change because yeah. he needs to learn that. Yeah. But there are something. I mean, I wasn't being a wife and mother. So when I first stopped working, I was getting up in the morning. My husband's getting ready for work, and I'm making him breakfast, and you know, making breakfast for my son, and I'm cleaning up, and I'm doing stuff, and I'm like. A, this feels great to me to know that I'm holding all this down for my people. Yeah. Like they take care yeah. of me and I take care of them. Yeah. But bigger, it's like I should have been more present. And so now um my, my priorities are 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 back where they're supposed to be. And I feel like God and my family are at the very top and I can't let that change anymore. Yeah. And then everything else has to come secondary. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. and that's true. That's very true. Yeah, because and I think sometimes we can get lost in our career. And I think society now has it be like, oh, you're you're a woman, you can be career driven. Yeah. Like what you were saying, it's not a problem with that. But you also have to kind of carve out your time for your family, for your kids, for your husband, because God forbid you make it to the top and you have nobody else to share it right. with. Yeah. Or if you didn't give your kids so so what about an untimely death? Like and I'm not certainly God I want to be here for a long, as long as I as can. Long as I can, can him, but seriously, him. you know, there are so many folks who have untimely deaths, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've worked their whole lives and they've they provided great homes and they you know their kids can go to school wherever and they can do anything. But the part that you were supposed to the, the biggest lesson or the biggest task that God gave you was to raise these kids and to help them connect with the thing in them that you gave them yeah. and to help them be successful in life. And if you are absent, how are you doing that? You yeah, know? Exactly. So you got to make sure that you're present so that you're able to give your kids what you're supposed to give them during the time that you're here to be with them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But point blank period. <laughs> and the period. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some tips you can give our moms struggling with their relationship with their daughters? Ooh, um, I think I mentioned the first one earlier. Um, I'm not knocking traditional or conventional knowledge. I think that there are some things that are true no matter what age, what stage. Um, so some of our our parents gave us some things that are just timeless, timeless yep. pieces of knowledge. Yep. But I don't want you to try and recreate your relationship with your mother with your children. Mm. And so don't try to recreate it or run from it. You know, because some people are like... My mom was so horrible. I'm never going to be like that. Or yeah. my mom was this. I have to be like that. Yeah. But it's like, because you've mixed your DNA with another person's and because there's a divine purpose in that child that you are not aware of just yet, you just got to make sure that you take your experience for what it is. Now, the other day, I think you, you texted me and said, hey, she has a runny nose. What do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. That's yeah. the kind no, of yeah, stuff you yeah. do. It's certainly, your kid going to get sick. <laughs> right. Right. But, but, you know, if... I experienced a situation with my daughter. I used to call people and say, what should I do about this? Because she's doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that their information is wrong or right. I'm just saying, because I live with my child, I know my child, I have to take time to say, okay, what makes sense for our situation? Yes. So that's the biggest thing. Yes. And then don't be afraid to talk. So it's like, I I grew up in the the age of you do as as you're told. You know, this is my house. Um, these are my rules. Mm-hmm. You don't like it, get out, all that stuff. And it's it's oppressive. I'm not saying that you you have to just make children equal to you because they're not. There's yes. a hierarchy. We are we are we are all a part of a system, right? We charge. All of us. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 children have thoughts and feelings and you have to create an environment where they are able to speak as well. Mm-hmm. Because when you allow them to speak, you learn things about them that will help you in raising them the right way. True. So communication is key with very key yeah it is very key and i i do agree with that because like you were saying kind of like the olden time it's just like kids just like you know shut up and listen 
type of thing. And, you know, I mean, obviously, some circumstances, time for both. You know, you know, <laughs> you know talking back is yeah. just, you know, we're not doing that. Right. But there's also time you have to talk to your kids and see what's going on with inside their head because they could be going through things that you don't even know anything about. That's right. And so if you just sit there and you say, okay, how was your day at school? And then not... and. Not just stop now. Oh, what did you learn today? Okay. Well, what about your friends? What are they up to? You know, how is it? You kind of got to dig just a little bit deeper and take the time to dig a little bit deeper because then they're really going to tell you what's really going on with their life. If you listen to them. If you so listen. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like if you, if they're, if they're trying to talk to you and you're, you be quiet, you don't, you know, and you're yeah. like, I'm the authority, you're the, you're the subordinate, mm-hmm. then you get to a place and folks stop talking. It's the same thing. So it's like, when I was a leader in insurance, when I first became a leader, I didn't know how to lead. And so I was like, you know, well, I'm the, I'm the manager. So like at the end of the day, I make the decisions. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that, but I thought but that, it, that, you that, know? that was up. Yeah. And it was the same thing at home. So once I learned that, yes, I am responsible ultimately for the decisions that are made, but I am, in, I am able to listen to the input of those who are around me. And I'm able to speak with them and work with them and see, yeah. does this make sense? Now, there are some situations your, your authority simply outranks your children because you yeah. know more than they know when it comes to certain yeah. things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are times when there is a place for you to be compassionate and to listen. And if you create an environment where your kids can talk to you, mm-hmm. you'll have the chance to really give them what they need before they stop talking. Because every kid gets to a point in life where they just simply don't value your opinion because that's a part of adolescence. And mm-hmm. now their friends are kind of the authority. And so yeah. you want to make sure you've given them what they need before they go off into that world. Because once they go out to that world, that's it. it. That's it. That's when you see how good you did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My mom was shocked when I went off to college and like every Wednesday was clean day. She was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you do what? And I was like, yeah. well, I mean, we got to clean the place. She was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mess. Yeah. Okay. So what are also some life lessons? Well, we kind of went through this, but what are some life lessons you have, you can teach your daughter based off of your experience in the past year? So within the move, going full time. What are some lessons you have learned in that time? Well, I mean, so a lesson that my daughter has learned that I think she learned through my experiences mm-hmm. that it's so important to take care of your, handle your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, my daughter and I don't argue very much, but I can tell you when we have disagreements, when we had disagreements in the past, the number one reason was money. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't money like um, we don't have. It was more of like a, my daughter is one of those. She's a. I guess they call it an alpha female. I don't know if I call it an alpha female. I just feel like she has, she has her mom in here, right? So she knows what she wants and what she yeah. doesn't want. And so she's like, I'm the authority. But the problem is she handles money. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like you, you're not going to come to me and tell me what you won't need and whatever and what you're not going to do. Yeah. And then you need me to pay X, Y, and Z. And so I, yes. would, I would always tell her, oh, you got to pay the cost to be the boss, right? Yes. That's, that's some timeless knowledge I got from my mom that doesn't change. You got to pay your cost to be your boss. Exactly. And so um, when I was working, I was a part of my budget for myself was to give her money every two weeks, right? Yeah. And we would have this tug of war because I would send her money and she'd say, well, I need to do this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, well, I sent you this. And we, you know, yeah. so... You figured it out with that money that I sent you. Correct. <laughs> so it got to a place in our relationship where she started working full time and and then she had the money I was giving her. And then one day she said, mom, I don't think I need you to send me any money this week. And I was like, okay. And so I watched and then two weeks later, same thing. And then so it continued and she got to a place where she was able to manage her own finances. Now that helped me because when I stopped working, I didn't have that. I didn't have to come to her and say, hey, baby, I can't budget this right now, yeah. you know, cause I don't want to. Yeah. And so that was a good thing, but bigger than that, it freed up the capacity in our relationship to have different conversations because now that she's paying her own bills, I don't ask her any questions and she yeah. sees like, 
I okay, I get to make sound choices. I get to manage my finances. Yeah. And I'm able to be the boss that I think I am. And so now when I talk to her, you getting your hair done? I'm just going to wear my hair natural for the summer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you see that how that cost, works? <laughs> that cost, yo, yeah. It hit different yeah. when it's your money. Yeah, <laughs> it's di- you're right. It's yeah. so much different when it's your money. Yeah. Like in college, you know, obviously kind of the same. My dad would kind of send me money here and there and whatnot. And we went to the um, casino one weekend. And so he gave me some money to yeah. spend the casino. Child, look, that college life, I pocketed about three quarters of that money. And I spent the rest <laughs> gambling. I was like, this life right here in this college, it, right? I'm keeping this. Like, That's it. It's, it's, it's a whole lot different whenever yeah. you cannot determine um, whenever you are not in charge of money coming in or you only have so much coming in. And it's different if you're out there actually making it happen for yourself. And you're like, oh, I can't I got this bill to pay. Mm-hmm. This going to have to fall. Mm-hmm. And this going to have to happen. <laughs> so think about real life, right? So now me too, it's the same thing. So yeah. I don't have my six figures coming in anymore, right? Yeah. So now I got real life. I got bills to pay. Well, yeah. Same thing. So if she learned that lesson at, at 19, kudos to you. Because yes. when you get to 36 and you're up against a wall, now you know, okay, these are the changes I need to make. These exactly. are the sacrifices. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then for me, that's a proud moment because once again, if I give my children something they can use to better their lives and teach their children, mm-hmm. I'm doing my part as a parent. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you do to get your release? Cycle. Yeah. <laughs> that side hustle. Come on, tell us about this cycling. Because let me tell y'all, I went to, she came down to Duncanville. I, you know, y'all li- I live in Duncanville. And she came down there and she did a class. I was like, yeah, y'all to come. Child. <laughs> I could barely pedal. Let me tell you. you did this was, this was an hour-long class, y'all. Yeah. I was, I, I, I can't lie to you. Whenever you was like, level 13, I was still on level 9. <laughs> like, I was... <laughs> I was barely surviving you the second class. You did a good job in that class. My not butt yourself. hurt the next day. No, oh, also your butt's going to hurt. So I tell oh. people that all the time. <laughs> but you know, so cycling, I've been cycling since I was, oh God, I think when I first got out of college, I started oh. cycling. So it's been a um, while. It's been a while. I've been taking classes actually. Okay. So I loved it. Um, and more because I think that people, and I hate to say this, but like, they don't expect black women to cycle. I don't know what it is. It's like, they don't think we can do it. So, (laughs) so I started taking classes and it was kind of cool. And then when I moved to Atlanta, like that was cycling on steroids because one, Atlanta's full of black people and everybody cycles. Okay. So that was cool. I had classes with like amazing music the energy was just like i would cycle four times a week and not even think twice about it and i would cycle some days i had an instructor who i love she would teach back to back eight and nine fifteen her classes were two hours long i mean an hour long i would cycle two hours a day and like it would just not bother me so when i found out i was moving to dallas my heart was like that was the biggest thing like it shattered me almost because i was like i've heard dallas is very like it's not as diverse as Atlanta was, obviously. Oh, yeah, and not not a lot of like Atlanta. <laughs> Child, no. No, 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 not as Atlanta, right? No, not like Atlanta. Yeah, and I wasn't going to find um, a class like the one I had been taking that I loved. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Bump that. I'm getting certified. And so I took a class, paid, got certified, and I started kind of um, teaching some classes in Atlanta before I left to just get comfortable. Yeah. And then as soon as I got here, we got our apartment before we bought our house. We got our apartment. And my second stop was I went to the different L.A. fitnesses and I was like, hey, can I teach? Do you have any openings? And I was like persistent until I, um, they let me do it. So within being here for two weeks, I started teaching. I can tell awesome. you it's been a year I've been teaching. I can't tell you what day I get paid. I don't know how much money I make. It's not even about that at all. It mm-hmm. is purely about I enjoy my class. This is yeah. for me. It's exciting. It's that's my release. Awesome. And so that's what I do. Yeah. 
cycling, y'all. Yeah, right. get out there, pedal, <laughs> pedal hard. Yeah. And last but not least, what is your mom hack? Oh God, what is my mom hack? <laughs> um, I don't really have a mom hack. I I just think I think that momming is an a la carte experience, right? So yeah. I think like back to my original point you can't recreate experiences that you've had with other people because it just is disingenuous Mm -hmm. i think that you have to a la carte your parenting so there are some things that you like from um a godmom or auntie or a grandmother or dad like my dad is very understanding compassionate he's he's non-emotional and he not non-emotional as in lacks empathy but he doesn't get like riled up he's very like even like yeah so i take that from him as a parent right yeah and i use that when i'm dealing with my kids i try to i'm not as yeah. good as him but i try yeah, you try, you try, you try. <laughs> yeah my mom was very like no nonsense about certain stuff so for for certain things i'm no nonsense and so i think you have to just kind of a la carte the parenting experience pick, pick and choose what you like and don't like and what works for your kids and create your own little blueprint and make that make yeah. sense for your family so, yeah 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 and going back to the things like i've always told jay as far as the things that you accept and you don't accept. So for me, I've always said, like, I'm not raising no thug. Mm-hmm. You're going to be out here in the street doing these street light things. You can go out there and you can stay on the mm-hmm. streets because that's not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put me through all that. That's right. <laughs> my, heart can't through, take it. my heart can't yeah. take it. We're not going through all that. Yeah. But so what is something that it, that you're like, this is, I stand on this and mm, that's it. I'm not moving my, my pinky toe. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, because like, like, I, I, I've, I've, I used to say there are certain things I would never deal with. Oh yeah, and, and I've dealt with them. Yeah, because it's like, but I, but my husband calls me Charmin. So funny story. My, we're like the couple. Like we're we're a day apart, a year apart, but we're both Virgos. I don't know how that worked out. How it's working out, but it does. <laughs> but we are like so opposite. So he is like. I ain't chill. Like he is now. He will tell you. He can give you a whole list of stuff. He ain't coming off of. And he means Chad. it. Me, I'm not that way. I'm yeah. like you know. I have things that I want you to remain firm in, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm willing to change my opinion depending mm-hmm. on the situation. I think yeah. the biggest thing for me though is that you you have to know. You have to. I, I'm not going to ever bend on my expectation that they live a life that's pleasing to God. So that's the one thing okay, I'm yeah. like, you got to keep God in your life because I know that this world is too big for us to handle by ourselves. And so True. we have to have a relationship with our maker because times when I'm gone, daddy's gone, friends are gone, God is going to still be here and you yeah. have to be able to tap into him and to have that relationship to support you and carry you. That's so true. that's the one thing that's non-negotiable for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming up on our thank podcast on this episode. Y'all can definitely go um, check her out. Um, her and her co-founder for their nonprofit, I Am My Daughter's Keeper, on Instagram at I Am D Keeper, and anywhere else they can reach you at. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm also Mrs. Underscore P as in Perry um, Underscore Ellis because my husband is Perry Ellis, so I guess I'm Mrs. P Ellis. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, y'all go check that out, and yeah, y'all have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Four Moms podcast. We just want to tell everyone thank you for subscribing, for leaving a review from our families, our supporters, and our friends. Um, Everything that you do helps us to make this community, this business even more possible. Like I said before, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a rating so that we can reach more moms, more women out there to encourage them to go after their dreams and to keep pressing. Thank you all again just for everything and 
can't wait to talk to you soon. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.